He's the man in the back of the room. Y con la voz de Dios. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, CEOs where to go, and stars when to shine. But as he likes to point out, Who cares? I care. It's true, she cares. And so does he. He's entertainment and production agency owner and meeting and event master, Anthony Bellotta. She's his Agent 99, and you're about to be Bellottified. Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bellotify, the one and only pod about events, entertainment, and engagement. I'm Anthony Bellotta, and I'm here as I am every week with the always delicious, my delicious, my optimistic co-host, Alexia Cristina Postalini. Opa. <laughs> that was almost that, that I, I like that little shift in the opa it was good i liked that yeah thank you thank you it was just another you know level i you know just, what we we have to have that right keep them guessing keep them on their toes that's what my mother used to say mm-hmm. always keep them guessing and i'm guessing about something what you did something really amazing um a couple of days ago and i want to hear about it Oh, yes. We saw Beyonce in concert at SoFi Stadium on Monday night with, you know, all the other famous people (laughs) from Los Angeles. Except for me. I I was Except for you. That's okay. Alex and our guest. She wasn't there either. Should have been there. But let me just say that truth be told, there are songs that I adore that Beyonce does, but most of her catalog I don't know much about. So and and it feels for me an old timer, sometimes a little repetitive. The songs sort of have the same feel. But wow, is she one of the most gracious, gratitude-filled celebrities I have ever seen in concert. I mean, first of all, she walked out. The the production was incredible. It was so fierce. It was awesome. And uh, she comes out, and I think it was probably three minutes before she even sang her first note because the audience was just so there for her. Plus it was her birthday. So she asked a lot. She asked us to wear silver and the audience as, as D'Angelo pointed out was glittering with silver. You could see the glitter from where we were sitting, you know, just, just lit up the, the room. It was incredible. And Diana Ross made an appearance, a surprise appearance. Oh my gosh sang a bit and then uh, wished Beyonce a happy birthday. And uh, it was, she was on for, for about two and a half hours, close to three hours she did. And uh, it was visually stunning. It wasn't, it was actually a sonic experience seeing her. Oh. The, the sound was, I mean, I could feel the bass throughout that entire concert 
and uh, you know there was a, a stack a, a line array facing us uh and we were in like the low balcony mezzanine area first row and they were they were facing us and only at one point that i think okay they're just driving that system too hard right now because it's uncomfortable uh, i think they were still trying to level it out to be honest with you in the house uh because it was just it was sonic i felt every beat but it wasn't overwhelming and i didn't That's want good. i didn't walk away I mean, I must admit, when I walked out of there, my ears had to adjust because I was in a mm -hmm. concert, but it wasn't blasting at us. And uh, but it just I could feel it. And she was just so. First of all, she's got a voice. Oh, God. Yeah. It's my Lord. That woman kind of sang. Yeah. It feels kind of flawless. Uh, uh, and I look I look for i look to you know it just you know we're in the business so we're like listening to every single note wow she was right on it right on it we just i can't i'm going on too long <laughs> no it was i i'm i'm so excited to hear about it because i mean she, it's beyonce and she's so incredibly beautiful oh and you know, I you wanna you wanna believe that someone of that stature is as gracious as they appear to be. So it's really nice to hear that. Mm -hmm. It's so nice to feel it too, to be in the audience and feel the gratitude that you're there. Mm -hmm. You don't get that very often. No, that doesn't no. happen very often. Mm -mm. Uh, but here we are. And you know what? She and our guest today are the motivation, the catalyst behind my tipsy for today. Oh. Okay, before we get started, if you're a new listener, please take this time to like and subscribe. Go ahead. We'll give you a sec. Why, thank you. I was inspired and then I, I thought even harder on it. And I thought, oh, yes, our guest today completely exemplifies somebody who practices gratitude. It's really clear. So and that's what today's tipsy is about, practicing gratitude. Let's get tipsy! So you read just about any article on finding and maintaining happiness, and it will include a practice of gratitude, the simple act of periodic reflection and acknowledgement of the things in our lives, be they big or small, we count as blessings. The birth of a child, the company of a friend, the comfort of a quiet retreat, good health, sturdy ankles, a long, hot shower. For some of us, the practice is practically second nature. Our gratitude so effusive, it revels with the slightest provocation. We're the ones who find the bright side, whatever the circumstances, because we're usually looking for a bright side. We don't pretend that life just doesn't suck as much as it sometimes sucks. We just make an intentional choice to forge ahead and push through it. Using as fuel, the acknowledgement of our blessings, which serve as a reminder that despite any appearance otherwise, there are reasons to be grateful. 
For others of us, the practice of gratitude is not so accessible. It's hard for us to lean on those things others might consider blessings because we ourselves do not recognize them as such. When life gets rough, we feel powerless, bereft of capacity and without options. We're not re-fortified by any of the good things that have befallen us because we've lost touch with them. The big ones have been too far and few between and the small ones, well, you know, they just don't count, but they do. And researchers agree that developing a routine practice of gratitude can lead to a happier life. A routine that may necessitate taking stock by weighing one's own life against the perspective, the perspective of existing actualities to help identify blessings in the first place and a practice that is consistent because consistency is key to making a practice of gratitude feel second nature. When in doubt, start with those long showers and how they refresh your skin and rejuvenate your spirit and those sturdy ankles that power mile after mile with nearly a pain nor weakness. And that is my tipsy. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so whenever I was feeling sad and defeated, uh, which is kind of a Greek thing anyway, Yaya would <laughs> Italian here too. That's right. right. It's, you know, right. I know right. yeah, you just got it. it's all around me. <laughs> right. It's all around me. But Yaya would say something to me. She would say, can you sing it, please? Oh, yeah, yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> it means look for the anthill. Look for the anthill? Yes, because at first glance, an anthill looks small and insignificant. But inside, there are thousands upon thousands of ants. What she was saying was that in each small blessing, there are many. There's always more than meets the eye. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Yaya-ism today. Thank you. Oh, That's a favorite. You. That that needs to go in our, in our top 10. Okay. 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 We'll have to okay. do a top 10. And that needs to definitely be there. For sure. I will, all I right. Leave it, I will put that. We'll put that in as please, the top ten. Please, 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 please. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder what our guest has to say about all of this today. Do you want to introduce her and I tell do, everybody? I do. I do. She's super. I do. I do. I love this woman so much. Uh, so today's guest is a survivor of inoperable cancer and whose life-threatening illness brought her face to face with her mortality. As such her visions with heaven began increasing. She was transported in a shift of consciousness during a self-healing regime of fasting and deep surrender, bringing forth the profound message that heaven is indeed real. She is a speaker, singer, founder, creator, and CEO of Energy Music and Productions. She's a prophetic seer, Christian healer, certified angel intuitive, ordained minister and wedding officiant, and author of Heaven in My Eyes, 
a true story of heaven and healing. Please, please, please welcome the beautiful and inspirational Kim Savetta. Oh my gosh, that was that was so beautiful. Thank you for that oh, introduction. True. All true. I love yes. it very much. I'm so happy to be here. I uh, really am. We've been wanting to have you on since I finished the book, which was I think in June. And okay, yes. Yeah, we've been wanting to have you on and it's taken this this long. I I said to Alex uh the other night when we were preparing Oh my God, I read that book so long ago and I'm so, I want to remember all of it. But I remember how I felt reading it, which yes. is the okay. most important takeaway mm-hmm. from the book, which uh, which we'll get into. But first, right, right. but first, but first, this is yes. your top 10 moment. 10 quick questions. 10 quick questions? Yay! Okay. We're about to hit you with 10 questions that may or may not have any meaning whatsoever. We're just looking for your fastest (laughs) answer, your first impulse. Two minutes on the clock. Alex keeps the time. Are you ready, Kim? I am ready. (laughs) Question number one. Would you invite Mickey Mouse to your house for dinner if you weren't famous? Yes. I thought you would say that. (laughs) Number two, Kim. Which Barbie are you? Classic Barbie. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Number three, your life is but a pizza. What is it topped with? Vegetables. Mm-hmm. Delicious. And light Parmesan cheese with some olive oil. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Nothing else. Mm. Cauliflower, uh, cauliflower dough. Okay. Cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good cauliflower crust. Mm. Mm. Just you know, mm. nurturing light. for the body. Light you know? and airy. Yes. Right. Light and airy. What's the one thing you wish you could stop doing? Mm. This is going to be hard for you. Um, I'm Italian, so. You want to stop? (laughs) You know, that that's something I I wish I could be. um, And I'm working on that. I'm working on that with my children, but just not reacting immediately. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. Thank you for that. What do you say to yourself when no one else is listening? I am beautiful. You are. And not so much, you know, the the outside I just mean that I radiate light the light of God and you do you actually really (laughs) do Uh, what is something you've done or tried but never really need to try again or do again I've tried to have fun in Las Vegas and uh, it is just not there's nothing about Las Vegas that resonates with me. I've tried many times. I grew up there, but you know we're supposed to go and have fun and be a part of that, and it just does not. It does not gel with me. And I don't know why. That was just the first thing on my mind because I just went to Las Vegas and I was like, I'm never going to try to do this again. Right. Never. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not. It's good to know. It's good to know. Yeah. I completely agree with you, by the way, if it's, you know, if it means it's anything. Just, Absolutely. Okay. 
what's that. the most what's the most memorable show you've ever seen that i've ever seen mm-hmm. uh, when i was very young i went to i was living in california and i went back to vegas to visit friends and i saw a show called christine christine and the sting and as soon as i went there it was just a it was a lounge act but i knew that that's what i wanted to manifest in san diego um within my own band at that time i was just you know solo with a band around me and she had dancers i was actually told i couldn't do that in california that that wasn't the thing that would sell but things have you know turned out the opposite i think think um yeah so that was she had a really huge impact on me where i was like okay this is what i want and i know that's not like a super famous show but it just was something that changed my my whole uh what i wanted produced in my music career that that's the reason for that question thank you okay okay (laughs) (laughs) all right so i am your favorite flavor of ice cream what flavor am i vanilla okay um i'm not sure how i feel about that but okay <laughs> it's uh, not like you know crazy <laughs> of cream with m&ms and i just love the clean pure taste of vanilla That's i just funny. love it it's cl- simplicity at its best yes classic classic like you classic okay. and even homemade homemade mm. vanilla ice cream you see what i'm saying yes, and i've I made do. it i have made okay it. now you're making yes. me feel good okay. right right homemade okay <laughs> okay here's a here's one that you know have you ever lost your cookies in public um yes yeah yeah nobody has said yes before and i just want you to know that i have Thank to you. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean I, yeah as as discreetly as possible of course but <laughs> right i don't think every single person saw it but you know not every single that, person yeah every not every married single person. but yeah <laughs> right every person within every uh, person. you know five mile radius but that's not every single person <laughs> okay all right last question poor poor alex she's the one song in your repertoire you barely ever sing anymore which song is she like a virgin. <laughs> yeah. Madonna's. I used to do that all the time. <laughs> Poor Alex. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a running gag. I know she wrote that down. Yeah. Like, oh, Alex, Alex. <laughs> Thank you for playing top 10 with us. That was terrific. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd like to... St- to start the serious part, we don't have to sure. be too serious, by the way. Yeah, no. Nobody likes that. Um, with your thoughts on on our tipsy today and, and our yayaism for today. Yeah, as I was listening, um, the thing that came on my heart the most was, you know, once you've gone through a health challenge that is basically there's no options, everything you're grateful for everything. You know, um, I learned to be grateful for doing the dishes. You know, when you're doing the dishes and there's there's two ways to go about doing the dishes, I think. One of them is to 
got to get this done. There's something to do. You know, you're hurrying through. They're not really cleaned the way you want them to be cleaned. And you're just aggravated that you have to even do it. <laughs> then the other way to approach doing the dishes is to fall in love with the water that is going over your dishes, to hold your dishes and to just become the work and realize that it's a gift to be able to have food that you have to clean off the plates. It's a gift to be alive, to be able to eat <laughs> on the plate. Um, there's so much to be grateful for. And in our world, all that's coming at us is, you know, what we need to get, what we need to have. And most of what we need to be grateful for is very simple. Our breath, you know, to be able to breathe, take a breath, be able to walk, you know, just very simple things. Um, so that just, it hit me hard when you were saying that. It's like how much my life changed where I might have been impatient about a task because I have a very busy life where now I try as much as I can. Mm -hmm. right. um, even though I've, you know, come a, a, a long way in my healing, I still have to remind myself of, you know, slow down, slow down. My daughter even, you know, she'll, mm -hmm. she'll even, you know, remind me it's time to slow down. And it's just time to be grateful, you know, for everything. You know, uh, it, there are, I, I'm a true believer that there are no accidents and there are no coincidences in life. And you just brought to mind two things for me. One, my, one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies. And the line in the movie is, I'm blessed with work. And yes. every and that's a beautiful reminder, Kim, because I try to remember that when I'm doing something I really don't want to do, I try right. to go back to that line. I'm mm -hmm. blessed with work. Yes. You have work to do. Mm -hmm. Many don't. Right. <laughs> Even right. if it's you know, cleaning the bathroom, right? I have a bathroom. Yes. I mean, literally, I mean, you could take it you know, really far mm -hmm. where some mm -hmm. people do not have clean water. Just mm -hmm. be, just be thankful that clean water is rushing over your dish mm -hmm. and that you were able to eat food. You were able to, you know, uh, pay for that food, you know, cook that food. Um, it's, we all need to slow down. The world is going so fast and gratitude is a great way to slow down every, you know, just take a minute, take a minute to connect with God and be grateful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, yes, I, right. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's the things that we take for granted most that we, we might focus on first, as you're saying, you know, the ability to have food and to have clean water uh, by, you know, pushing up a faucet or turning a faucet mm -hmm. and being able to stand at the sink Right. Uh, you know, all of these things that in the in in perspective with all that's possible in this big world, you'll find things to be thankful for. If you really think about the spectrum of what is possible, there are people right. who don't have lower extremities. They exactly. You know, they can't stand on their own. There are people who don't, as you said earlier, have running water or fresh vegetables to cook uh, or gas for an oven or electricity for, you know, I mean, there are that exists mm -hmm. 
in uh, today's world. So it's true. Let's be grateful. I, I, I just had this like thought that just popped into my head. So we had an event in Colorado. And so we took the kids, Andy and I, and we were going to tack on vacation time in a place called Estes Park, which is at the foot of the Rocky Mountains. And so, you know, the boys are fishing and, you know, all that good stuff. And I wanted to take some time besides just, you know, cooking and cleaning and being mom and being wife. I wanted to just do something for myself. I was still going through cancer at that point. So I looked up a yoga class, right, in, in Estes Park. And I find, you know, this little yoga class, it's supposed to be a yoga class, a meditation class. So I call and that class is not happening, but a real live monk answers the phone. And he said, I'll meditate with you. And I was like, wow. Okay. I mean, part of me was like, wait, you don't even know this person, but I just felt kind of led. So I went mm -hmm. for it. Right. So I drove the little rental car to his home. It was his home. And, um, we, we met and then as we're talking, <laughs> get this, as we're talking, I'm talking about what I'm going through. And he's like, I think you're transitioning from ego state. He was a very, uh, famous, uh, was it mountain climber on magazines and all this kind of thing and then he let that life die and he became this monk right in estes park and this is what he was doing he didn't even care if i paid him anything or anything it was just this is this is what was before him and this is what we were doing so we're talking and as we're talking here comes this humongous black bear up to the glass behind him looking in looking into the window back was huge very tall and he said the bear's here for you let's follow it and i was like i'm not following oh this bear man are you crazy? like i was like what so we go oh my God. I, I followed a little bit but he went after he he walked into the field he just had this like trust right so that was a big, that was a big deal. We came back into the room after that and we began to meditate and we were talking about washing dishes at first, you know, and he said, that is what monks practice. They practice being grateful for their work, especially the dishes. I had no idea of that. I never, I, I've looked into a lot of you know, different, you know, Buddhists, you know, Hinduism, uh, the Kabbalah, the Torah, Christianity, all of it. I've looked into, you know, all of that, but I didn't really know that that was a practice uh, of a monk to be able to do the dishes and to be in love with, with the elements of washing dishes. And he was like, that's, you know, he wasn't very complimentary, but it was almost like this thing where I realized I was doing something that monks had practiced for you know thousands of years mm -hmm. and so sometimes if we slow down enough or if there's a life threatening challenge you know in your life hopefully you don't have to wait for that to stop mm -hmm. to stop and listen right. rather than talk talk ask ask scream out cry out there's a time where we have to stop and there's no no other choice but to you know listen to god 
And that's what I think that practice of gratitude is, is listening and being thankful, being thankful for the small things. Thank you that I woke up today. Thank you. You know, and that's not, that's not that light of a conversation, but I just, it just came on me right now, this monk in Estes Park with this black bear and talking about washing dishes, which I had been doing for years, uh, just kind of like going into a, just a, a zone where if you slow down enough and you become the water and you become the dish and you become, you know, whatever music you have playing there and just kind of like stop don't you know don't be you just become the experience you're gonna have gratitude there's no there's there's it's just there mm -hmm. you're just in love with everything you know does so. breathing does breathing in fact um help people to slow their minds down to a point where they can become it does. the experience so when i was um transported to heaven in an open vision where you know i was told i came home from the uh surgeon and they were like this is inoperable we don't have choices for you i was on some incredible medicine that was going to basically kill me if i didn't get it out and so there were no answers so i went into the master closet this is where i am right now <laughs> you can't see it with my little thing here but i laid down and i surrendered completely and that's when i was completely enveloped by heaven there was no there was no closet around me i was laying on an intelligent mist like a cloud that was the extension of god for me it was jesus i knew that it was him and that it was like an extension of his robe all around me and I knew without a doubt, and it's, it's like no time passes, not like I ask a question and then there's like some information that comes in. It's instantaneous download knowing. That's the way it is with mm -hmm. spirit and the Holy Spirit. It's just there now. And so I knew without a doubt that my breath was from God. The only reason I was alive was because he breathed into me. And so when I say that, is when we stop and we slow down and we breathe, you are communicating with God. You are communicating with the divine. And that's the last thing we want to do is slow down. We want to be, have it spoon fed a bit, you know, like watch some video, like show me how to do this, but we have to stop. Um, and like in my book, my message is stop before you're forced to stop as I was. You know, I wasn't listening. Yes. I wasn't listening to the calling, you know, to share this story, to, you know, uh, go there. I was stopped in a way where I was completely, <laughs> you know, in an, in an open vision with God and knew that level of love that is indescribable, insurmountable. There's nothing on earth that compares to the love of God, nothing. It's, it's almost like, I mean, I just started crying uh, because I realized that love that is absolute forgiveness, absolute unconditional love. We don't even, we think we love our spouse, our children, our pets in this fashion. We do not. 
it's it's nothing that can be earthly can be put in earthly terms and to be understood so just to answer that question about the breath that is that's what's put into us that is of the divine you know and so when you pay attention to it when you listen to your breath when you slow down and just listen to that imagine that you are accessing that river that is all knowledge all love all knowing that's what that's what that is for me it's the holy spirit you know there's different kinds of terminology you know that it's just spirit or it's the matrix or it's you know advanced intelligence um it was just a love that I cannot describe in words. I mean, I, you read it in my book, you know, some of the open visions that I had, and I struggled describing it um, because there's just no way to describe mm -hmm. that kind of love. But the breath is everything. The breath is everything. And, and you entered into this uh, not knowing about religion really not being versed in religion having no religious no. experience uh not you know so there was no preconceived notion no of, there was there's right? no no foundation i mean my parents it's the 70s they followed gurus they were burnt out on religion burnt out on church right so i was like i think i remember when i was eight years old I, every you know, in elementary school, I seemed to have a best friend with a father that was a pastor or a father that was a reverend. And I was like, what are they doing? Like, I don't understand what, you know, what this is about. And I mean, I'm, I'm serious when my parents were so burnt out, they were like, when I asked one time, I go, why don't we go to church? They are like, we're not stepping foot into a church. They were burnt out on the religion element. Mm -hmm. And so one of the biggest uh, messages that I have is don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, okay? Because it's not religion that is the pathway to that unconditional love. I don't believe it is. Any, any religion that I've remotely gotten, you know, into, it seems like there's either this, uh, it's either political or there's, there's some facet to it that's very human-like. It's just like a click at school or whatever. And, you know, even having the prophetic gift of being a seer, like, you know, there's visions I've been given globally as well. So that's my next, my next phase is coming out with some of these visions prophetically on my YouTube channel. Like there was one that I was given about AI. Um, you know, I had a dream about COVID five years before COVID. I didn't understand it fully, but it's not just, um, you know, just the immediate heavenly level. I'm being given messages on a global scale a little bit more. And so that's, that's another thing to, to go, okay, wait, is this me or is this the definite message and you need to test that in a way where you get confirmation on it and so it's uh it's it's, it's a, a huge thing That's it's a lot, it's a lot to bear yeah there's there's a, a lot of people that have been messaging me like well you know i wish i could hear the holy spirit and i wish that i could be you know have those gifts and 
if you're one of those people that is asking, like, you don't know what your gift is, there's, there's a lot of gifts. There's, there's gifts of being a teacher. There's gifts of, you know, encouraging, encouraging others, inspiring others. There's so many gifts out there, but everybody wants the, the gift of vision. I think the reason I have been given that is like you, Anthony, I have that visionary, you know, I can create a show, you know, so I have an aptitude towards vision, right? So that's why God uses that gift, that talent to communicate with me. Others may have an auditory, you know, mm -hmm. gift. Others may be like, I just have to write this down and I have to teach people. I have to, you know, whatever, speak on podcasts, you know, this is, that's, that's a gift. All of them are gifts. And the visual one, it can be, it can be, I wonder if I, I was taken up to see it, to see heaven and to understand that um, because I was completely at rock bottom. I was not going to live. I had two young children and I actually asked God, I said, please help me. If you're going to take me, okay. I finally said, okay. It was like six or seven years where I was like, there's no way I'm accepting this. I'm going to do it on my own. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't want to lose work in the entertainment industry. You know what that's like. You know, if there's, mm -hmm. it's so competitive that you can't share that there's something going on in your world because you might not get that event, you know? Right. So we kept it quiet. And that was a burden, you know, but it, it developed a faith that, you know, with, with that open vision, uh, there's, <laughs> my life has changed with that open vision. There's a quote from the book, be not forgetful to entertain strangers for hereby yes. some have entertained angels unawares. <laughs> yes. I know we, that one. Yes, you do. You wrote it. Uh, how, <laughs> I know that one. Well, you have it in your book. You quoted it. How does yes. one begin to entertain strangers to signal a willingness to engage? How would one do that? How would one do that? I'm not, yes. I'm not yeah. sure that... I'm not sure that it's kind of like... I, I don't want people to think, okay, I just ring up God and I get answers, you know, like on prophetic information, or I can call to a certain angel or something like that. It has never happened for me like that. I have always been in a space when, when I have had visions, open visions like that, I have been in a state of absolute deep surrender or some kind of meditation, like being in love with the dishes, where I receive information um, and messages. So it's not like, you know, I'm just like, hey, what's going to happen in the next, you know, few months with the economy? I don't, I don't think it's like calling up and, and asking, or at least it's not for me. There might be some people that just call and then they see that, that spirit you know, or, or whatever it is. I've never seen a guide of mine. I've only seen Jesus and Archangel Michael. That's it. I've not seen anything else. And so for me, that is, that's, 
that's what it is for me. It may not be that for another person. Um, but if I'm working with a client on grief trauma, you know, and I give them evidential proof of their loved one uh, in the afterlife where they're, you know, letting them know, like I can give them evidential proof, like, okay, they're showing me that they wore this, this dress with flowers on it and this tiny little belt. And they're like, <laughs> and they, they know that that's that person. Um, but all, even that, even in those sessions, I am giving that up to God completely. So I only receive what, uh, what the Holy spirit gives me. Yeah, that's it. So I don't think it's, I mean, yes. Can we, can we walk in a state where we're a little bit more clean in our mind, in Mm -hmm. our body, in our Mm -hmm. actions, in our words? Yes, Mm -hmm. you can do that. Fasting is a big thing. People don't want, you know, "Ah, I don't want to, you know, that's old, whatever thing. It's huge. When you clean out the toxins in your body, you can hear and you can see a lot more clearly. You know, mm-hmm. and when you aren't looking at something that is of the world, when you're when you're focused on gratefulness, on love, on God, whatever that is for you, you know, when you spend time on that daily, there's going to be there's going to be answers and direction, you know, and it'll come to you in different ways. But I don't think it's about, you know, like. I don't know. It just has never been that way for me. You know, like I just received that with, without asking. <laughs> I mean, the open vision, I was asking. I was asking, like, you know, I'm surrendering. I'm willing to go if you want me. But I'm going to ask, you know, just one last time. Will you let me live for my children? So I asked that. And it happened. You know, I saw heaven. I saw his love. I saw it all. And I'm telling you, I didn't want to leave. I didn't even want to come back to my children. That's what the irony is, is that I was like, please don't leave me here. That's what they're talking about when they're like, oh, God loves you. And you're kind of like, okay, well, what does that mean? I used to, I used to do that. I used to look at the bumper stickers, you know, Jesus loves you, God loves you. And I'd be like, okay, well, okay. That's a, you know, that's merchandise. Like, what does that really truly mean? And so I was shown, I was shown the magnificence of that unconditional love. And when you are there, I will tell you, you never want to be anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Never. never. <laughs> Just that's it. There's a constant sound. There's a sound, you know, I've been asked, was it OM? For me, it was not OM. It was like a vibration and voices, trillions of voices that were in this unison. Like, I just, no way to describe it, but I understood it all completely. No one had to explain it to me. It was just like, download. That's the way it is in sessions. Like, I just see it. I see the image. And even if it's a millisecond, there's all this information that is encoded on it and downloaded Mm -hmm. into my knowing. And then it's sort of like a puzzle where you have to go, you know, okay, you're showing me this because what is it? Like you have to piece it together Mm -hmm. a bit, but um, I'm not sure if I answered your your question correctly. Um, I I think when you you did and 
specifically when you talked about uh, cleansing the body mm-hmm. and being clean in your actions and and words, and uh, I think that is is part of what I was getting at is how do we keep ourselves open for these kinds of even if they're not as um, message oriented as yours may be these kinds of experiences when we feel uh, that inner peace and happiness that I believe you're describing, you know, how can we, what can we do to bring ourselves to that level? And I think you mentioned a bit of that, you know, what what are some of the other things? I mean, you are very clean uh, in, in so much as how you, how you operate as a person, you know, you, you, don't say things that you may later regret. You don't do things out of spite or anger. Uh, you know, you're very measured in your response to questions. You take a moment and think before you speak, and you're always phrasing what you say in the least offensive way possible even when what you have to say could be perceived as offensive you know it's not what you are it's clear that's not your intention right and so uh, i i just wonder are these things that people can do um to be more mindful of what not only goes into their minds but comes out of their mouth and right and you know acts in a way that is you're almost in a way a disciple because (laughs) there's god's love right and then there's being uh uh, there's being somebody who who communicates with god's love in all that they do and say rather than from a place of fear Mm, uh, obligation and obligation right yeah this is what you're supposed to do on sunday in order to you know there's there's that upbringing um but i think for everyone it may be different where their wake-up call is you know Oftentimes, it's through suffering and immense pain that our faith is increased. And in my book, I try to share the message as much as I can that, you know, go there first. Commune with God and nature and your breath and, you know, like uh, move to forgiveness on things that are unforgivable to you. It's easy to forgive something that you, you know, you love. We're talking about forgiving those that have wronged you. And the question that you're going to be asked when you, when you pass is, did you love? And so that should be the common theme in every single thing that we're doing. Even if we're going after that position or we're, you know, or we have to tell somebody that they're fired or, you know, it needs to be with love. There's there's mm-hmm. things we have to do on the earth, on the planet. We we have to live in this little reality. Yeah. Um, but I think I think it's just really important to mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know just to go at everything in life with love as your your motivator. 
is this loving if I say this to this person? You know, is that loving? Is, you know, is the way that I responded, like even when I'm on stage, I, I pray before I go out and I'm singing my little corporate cover song, but I am emitting the love of God through my voice. That's what I visualize. And sometimes you'll see people, I have seen people literally stop dancing and turn around and like hold their hands up and they don't know what's happening. <laughs> but it's all about being that disciple on earth. Um, and, and to just don't listen to the world, you know, don't listen to that part of your mind that is constantly telling you, you know, and, and don't think that I'm perfect. I'm not. I wake up sometimes, I'm just getting a lot faster at stopping it and affirming the total opposite. So like Anthony, you and I have talked about that in the past. Like I have a whiteboard in my room where I can see it. And I, I post a picture of, of myself smiling, happy, joyful, peaceful. And I write my I am affirmations up there. So it's like, you know, I am so amazed that we achieved this certain goal. Say it's something like that. So I attach an emotion to it. But again, it goes biblically for me. So, and again, I'm not religious, but there's, you know, there's a lot of verses in my book where I saw this, this uh, relationship in, in the word. So when Moses went to the top of Mount Sinai, Okay, now I know this post, I didn't grow up with this teaching at all, but I, you know, started getting into it later on when I was uh, writing my book. So when Moses goes to the top of Mount Sinai, there is a burning, a burning bush, right? And the flame cannot be put out. And he asked, this is God. And he asked, what is your name that I can tell my people what your name is? And the flame responded, I am that I am. That means I am that that I think about. I am that that I speak about. I am that that I act on. I am that I am. So you want to, I just got like chills on my legs, mm -hmm. like the Holy Spirit. You want to stop the monkey mind chatter telling you you're not good enough. You're, you're, too old, you're too fat, you're too, like all those things that our mind comes up with. We compare, oh, look at their book. Their book is amazing. You can't ever do that, Kim. You know, all, all those, those uh, degrading kinds of mind chatter, that needs to stop. And you can, it's there. Okay, thank you for that. Go over there. And then you affirm the total opposite and you do it in the I am, the state, the present state of being, which is God. That's why there's power to the I am affirmations because it's the name of God. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's amazing that God didn't give Moses a name. He gave him a present state of being mm -hmm. because that's what it is. So we need to try to integrate that into our life, even with small things. You know, even with small things. You know what? But you said something that really fascinated me, and that is that you are getting faster at uh, do, uh, creating the opposite uh, response. Uh, the, yes. Uh, to I'm uh, 
I'm awful. I'm terrible. You know, you're yes, a pastor that. turning that off, which is to say you're still practicing. And life is a practice. There yes. you go. Doesn't matter, you know, if you've had an amazing experience with God in heaven, it's still about, you know, attaining that present state of being, which is really difficult for human beings. It's very difficult. So first thing when you wake up and before you go to bed, focus on your positive affirmations. You know, listen to them on YouTube. If, if you know, like start there, start with something like, I am, you know, loving, I am powerful, I am creative, you know, all those things. And uh, state it in the present tense now, not in two months, I really wanna be this, you know, you're, you're actually co-creating with God. And so it's very important to be responsible and to be disciplined and to take ownership mm -hmm. for that that role you can go around doing your stuff and then blaming god for all this suffering but this has nothing to do with god the earth mm -hmm. planet has nothing to do with that and we all <laughs> and 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 i think i've said this before but it's hard for us to recognize that mm -hmm. we all suffer and we all yes. have bad days and you know mm -hmm things that happen to us that we yes. prefer never did and we have losses and uh it's important to keep that perspective right no one is looking or pointing a finger at you because when you do those affirmations and you are grateful there's a, an incredible power in that in mm -hmm. that you feel more responsible for yes your life and more uh, accountable for it you realize that it's your action or inaction to take mm -hmm. and you'll be amazed at what mm -hmm. manifests in your life <laughs> if you use that that tool now you don't want to just have a bunch of luggage with you burdens you're carrying them you're dragging mm -hmm. them along and you're like i am i am i am you know there is a little cleansing process and mm -hmm. if you're not doing it through a health challenge or you're not doing it out of a disciplined action, mm -hmm. I don't know that this this other world works as well. You know, the affirming, the co-creating, I'm not sure if it works as well. So you have to clean out the junk. You have to let it go. You have to forgive. You have to set the burden down at God's feet. You, know, I... you can't carry it around. Go ahead, Alex. Oh no! I, I, see, was I see it. I see something in your <laughs> waiting to come out. <laughs> you know, and we've talked about this, Anthony, especially over the last couple of years. My practices and my studies and uh, everything I've been doing, and one of the big realizations for me is learning to trust the very small but huge voices that happened. So mm -hmm. as an example, taking as part of one of my classes a couple of quarters ago, uh, uh, doing a daily meditation still versus active. When I was at the beach, my favorite place to be, and everything that I had intended went wrong. So mm -hmm. I switched gears and I was walking and I kept getting these questions. And so I answered them. Mm -hmm. And one of the things was, why do you doubt yourself? And what came to myself was, I'm too old, I'm too fat, I'm too irrelevant. Mm. And then I was shown things, but I was shown things in simplicity. I was shown 
uh, uh, and a seagull persevering with the clamshell in spite of the surroundings, in spite of the other goals trying to get that seashell. Mm. He, it, he didn't stop. There was no part of that seagull that said, I deserve this. I'm going to have this. I need this. And it, it was a very small, minute thing. But because I was paying attention and I mm. heard the voice and I saw the lesson and I learned the lesson. And that's where I think we as a society get caught up. We have forgotten how to pay attention mm. to those voices that seem insignificant but are so important. Or, mm. or you know, if we're even hearing them at all, because um, we're so busy with our devices and distraction, distraction, and it's it's definitely possible to live a life full of distraction in today's yes, world is. you yes. know it's yeah. it's hard to avoid the distraction you you have to be intentional about turning off turning yes. away taking a moment of solitude as as we've talked about uh because it just it's not going to be afforded to you unless you seek it out you're never going to be in a place where it's just calm and you know right even, right right and you and you're a mom, so even the shower, even the bathroom is not, you know, off limits. Right. I'm sure. No. Right? <laughs> it is not. Right. It is not. So you there's a there's a quote from your book that I'd I'd like to share. And um let me just share it and then I'll I'll say why. So you say uh early on in the book, logistically, I was born in a poverty-stricken neighborhood and I was nursed and raised raised by my 18-year-old mom and 11-year-old Uncle Alan at my grandmother's apartment in the bad part of Cleveland, Ohio. My 20-year-old father would shoot pool for money, for milk money, and was never home. There were times that my mom would hide in the closet with me as a newborn infant, hiding from an alcoholic trying to force the door open or collectors looking for money. Mm -hmm. So this speaks to someone in my mind who has really taken life and turned it on its tushy and said, I'm going to look at things <laughs> a different way. I'm going to pursue things a different way. Right. And I'm curious to know how gratitude helped you in that journey if it helped you at all? I think gratitude was a, a huge part of it. It was somehow at the age of 15, I was just aware that I wasn't going to live like that. I just wasn't going to be part of the chaos, um, you know, and I started writing those affirmations before the book, The Secret came out and all of that. So there's some kind of foundation with no foundation that right. seems to be there. So I don't know if I ever told mm -hmm. you, Anthony, but the home that we live in, okay, I would draw pictures of this home, okay? White columns. I would cut out pictures. I'd make a storybook. This is before the secret. This is, you know, like my little thing. I got Andy into it. You know, we met at 17. So we were like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Well, this is what we're, doing your, doing you know, your vision and, boards together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I would say, I would write on the side, you walk in, there's a marble entryway. You step down into the living room. I could see it. I could see it. And 
I think we were 34 and we were coming home from some huge show on the East Coast, had two hours sleep, and we were going to go to uh, Fashion Valley for a yogurt, right? This was our thing. This was our mm -hmm. little treat. Pre-kids, you know, mm -hmm. so we could do that. We could just like go do what we wanted to do. So we went and we're almost there. And I said, turn the car. I, I go, do you not want to go? <laughs> of course, I, I projected onto him. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm, we're almost there. What do you mean? And I'm like we have to turn the car around. We have to go out and we have to go to that land, that place. It was Hamul, just country land where there's like acre lots. And, and we have to go out there and we have to daydream. And I looked at the clock and the clock was 333. So this is a huge oh, number yeah. for me. Very, yes. very huge. Yes. Inundated yes. with it. And, uh, you know, God speaks to us in numbers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the universe boils down to a mathematical equation. Um, every language that began, there's this mysterious number that is assigned with each letter of the alphabet. It's called gematria. So numbers are the way that spirit can easily get your attention. Like you see a repeated pattern. You're like, what? What is this 333? I look at the clock. There's a license plate with 333. I, I pull into the parking lot. There's a license plate. Mm -hmm. It just never ends, right? I would be woken, awoken at 333 before I knew I had these gifts. And I was like, okay, what is going on? So it's a, a big thing. And so I was like, look, it's 333. So we pulled pull the car back 45 minutes, go out there and daydream. Our house that we live in, completely built, just like the pictures. Just like the pictures that I drew. It was standing now, there when you got there. Standing there, for sale. For, for sale. The sale. Only, the only house for sale. Had a pond. Had I mean, it just Everything. Was, yeah. Right. Now, I'm Italian. I'm not the calmest person. <laughs> so I went in, but <laughs> I was calm. I was absolutely calm. I walked in and I was like, huh. Andy, however, you know, <laughs> was not calm, was not calm. He was like, this is the beep house you've been dry. I, he was just like, he was like, oh, mind blown, mind blown. And so now did I manifest that or did I know on some level this is where I was going? And that's why I drew it. And, you know, there's a conundrum with things like that. You can go round and round about, you know, what both. was first. Could be both, you know. And, and so I can't remember where we were starting with that, why I, I went to that. Um, just alchemy, manifesting, Numbers, you know, gratitude. So basically, mm -hmm. I came from nothing. I came from nothing. My, my family doesn't have, you know, money or homes or anything like that. And so I just knew that I was going to, I, I was going to have those things and it wasn't out of just like uh, material. It just was this, this vision that I would receive. And so it manifested. So gratefulness. Yes. Did it have a lot to do with it? Yes. Because I would write down the emotion. I am so utterly amazed and thankful for our home. I would write things like that. I am, remember, I am, mm -hmm. and the emotion attached to it. So even if it's something that seems so far off to you, find that emotion. What would you really feel like if you manifested that, that dream that you're, 
you're feeling. So you need to, you, you almost need to feel what it would feel like to manifest that, that vision, that dream that you have. And you write that feeling down and you will be blown away about how it transpires in reality, because uh, in heaven first and then below on the earth. So everything, everything gets created up in the heavenly realm. So, so align yourself with that, be grateful, be thankful, be in the I am present state of being. And then before you know it, it is manifesting before your eyes. It's, it's just amazing to me. Like sometimes my daughter, she's, she's 12. She's like, mom, let's go look at your, your uh, affirmation board. Let's see what you manifested. <laughs> like We cross <laughs> off the ones that are, you know, have happened. Well, Lyric is uh, maybe a prime example of this. Yes. Uh, you know, the fact that you had her and, and mm -hmm. it seemed preordained, if you will, yes. allow me to suggest that. Do uh, you want to share that story? Would you like Absolutely. to share the story of Lyric? Yes. A name you would never name your child, even though you're a singer. Right? Yes. My mother, my mother had a dream that mm -hmm. she came to her prior to her conception and said, you're going to have a, a girl. I saw the picture of her. Um, she has red hair. She did when she was born. She wrote her name in the sky, like in the sunset sky, Lyric, cursive. Now, Andy, he was like, we're not naming her Lyric. That is so cliche. That's like calling her Melody or something, you know? But we worked on it. We worked on it. And then finally, we just couldn't. My mom's Italian, you know? She wanted it to be Marie, you know? <laughs> Yes. Right. Named after her. Marie, of course. All Italian yeah. women are named Marie. So my mother was. Yeah. She couldn't have come up with that name on her own. She just couldn't. Uh, and so two months later, I was pregnant at age 44, which is somewhat of a miracle. And um, she came, she came in like gangbusters. But I would say that I, if if you want me to uh, explain the story of what happened with finding the statue in the garden, mm -hmm. do you want the to talk about statue. that? Yeah, yeah. Go this. dig in the garden, girl. Go didn't go go out there and dig. So I was forty two, I think, or or forty one, something like that. And Landon was maybe three and we were co-sleeping and so he was asleep and it, i was woken up i was woken up by this audible now this is not visionary this is one of the few audible things that i've had happen where the voice actually woke me up it was a female voice and i heard my name kim and when i woke up all the shades are down but there's like this pink light in the room right and i I was like, okay, I'm looking around, nothing there. And I hear the voice again, go out into the garden and dig. And the voice is accompanied with a clairvoyant heavenly map. So boop, I see this map in, in front of me. So to just explain it, it's not like, you know, I see it like with my physical eyes. This is like my God eyes, like inside internally, I see a map that I did not generate with any sort of, you know, thinking or wishing or dreaming. This is just like, boop. And it's a 
a picture of our rose garden with a arrow pointed to a particular rose bush that says, dig here, dig here. Oh my. And I was like, I'm, I made excuses, right? So I was like, well, I'm not, I had fallen asleep the night previous crying about having, uh, you know, not being able to have a baby girl because I had gone through my first bout of cancer and I didn't know if I could do it. You know, I was older, you know, all that. So woke up, heard the voice, get the map. So I get up, I put on my Uggs, you know, my pink robe, my Barbie classic pink robe. No, I don't know. And so I go downstairs <laughs> out the front you door. You flew downstairs. You, got, you, you floated you downstairs. You floated. Yeah. And so I went outside and went to the garden. I argued for a while and there was this consistent, you are already doing it. I don't know how to explain it. It was like, I was like, I can't, you know, he'll wake up, Landon will wake up. He'll wonder where I'm at. It's, you know, dawn. It's like, you know, the morning. And it just would be repeated with this sense that I was already doing it. So I did it. I walked down, went out to the garden. And I thought it almost felt like, I want to say there was a different gravity uh, just like there was this denseness in the air and it, I didn't feel like I was in my normal backyard. I felt like I was in some other uh, kind of state of being. Okay. And so I went to the, the bench first. I don't know why I sat down. I did instead of going right directly to the rose bush that I was told to dig there. And these hummingbirds, it's like Cinderella, man. There's these hummingbirds that come in front and they just hover. And I was like, I was just silent. I was amazed. I was like, this is like some kind of tidings, you know? And um, so again, I did not hear the voice, but I saw the picture, the image again, dig here. So I went to the rose bush. Now this is winter. So the ground is, you know, moist and I'm moving away the dry leaves and I'm going down and about four inches below the soil. I find a figurine, a little tiny statue. And when I pulled it out of the, the soil, I realized that it was a, a statue of Mother Mary. Okay. I fell down. I fell down to my knees. I was like, I felt this immediate download that it was an answer that I would have a baby and I would have a girl and that it was like it now again i'm not catholic i don't know much about any of this right i don't even know what the statue means i don't know what it's doing there i i you know maybe the people that lived there prior to us put it there i have no idea but that still doesn't answer how i would know where it was you know so i'm holding it and as i'm moving the dirt away i see that the hands are broken off there's no hands on the statue there's no hands in the soil, just no hands on the statue. So I took it inside the house. I washed it off and I kept it and I kept it quiet for a very long time because I thought people will think I'm crazy. If I share this, they're going to think I'm crazy. I didn't really know that I was uh, gifted, that I had the gift of spiritual discernment, that I had the gift of, you know, being a liaison for heaven. I just didn't really know that about me yet. And I still kind of had that thing where, you know, people, people pleaser, 
What if people think mm -hmm. I'm weird, crazy, you know, like that. So I kept it quiet. Fast forwarding into the future, second bout of cancer, I um, had taken it to a Catholic church because I was like, okay, I don't know who to talk to about this statue. They're Catholic. They're, they love Mother Mary. So I'll go there, you know. So I go in and I'm trying to follow along with mass. I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and I have my little box with the statue and the rose petals in it and all that. And I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't feel like, I mean, I got some vibes from the priest where he was like, okay, what are you doing here? That kind of thing. It was just not a very welcoming atmosphere. So I went to another place where there was some artistry uh, on display of Mother Mary and I was going to buy a piece for myself. So I went into the gift shop and there was this woman that just walked up to me and she's like, I don't know what it is about you. There's something about you and just <laughs> something about you. <laughs> and so oh, <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh, and so we talked and then I said, I think I need to share this with you. I think you're the one that I need to get some answers from and share this with. She was like the head of the sabbaticals and all this kind of thing. So I went, I got the statue and like immediately <laughs> they were like, can you, can you stay right here? Almost like I was going to flee or something. They're like, can you stay here? Then father Joe's coming in. He's like blessing the statue and blessing me with the holy water. Right. Maybe Alex, do you know about this? Are you? Oh, I'm Catholic. Okay. You're Catholic. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I, so I, I was like, raised Orthodox, but yeah, it's, it's, oh, okay. like, it's very much the same. The, the whole thing with the, the priest, not, you mm -hmm. know, really welcoming all that. I get it. Go ahead. Okay. Go, yeah. Yeah. So I'm in the gift shop though. And, and when I pulled it out, now people are kind of like stopping. They're not buying books anymore and gifts because they're like, why is the priest blessing the <laughs> statue blessing my person? Right. So I get blessed and then the artist who was a devout catholic um, that i had met actually at an event she was next door at this gala fundraiser so she was there and i was buying her piece and she goes you know what that means when you find an item of the holy mother that has no hands and i said no i i don't know what it means because i didn't and she said it means you are to be the hands of the mother in the world Oh, that was overwhelming oh to me oh because I was goodness. like, but I'm not Catholic, you know, like this is awfully huge and big and wonderful. And I didn't know quite what to do with that. Um, but there, I do know now what she meant by that mm -hmm. because there's the story in my books, but oftentimes I will receive clients that are Catholic, they, they tend to be more open to the, the supernatural. Mm -hmm. It seems like, you know, where an evangelist Christian might not be, you know? And so they come and there's oftentimes, I, I don't even know they're Catholic, but then mother Mary is in that session very strongly. And mm -hmm. I usually ask, are you Catholic? And then <laughs> they say, yes. Or is mother Mary your go-to, mm -hmm. you know? So you've, you've really, um, since we first discussed this gift of yours, you've come, I think, full circle with accepting it and yeah. understanding mm -hmm. what it is you need to do with it, 
right? It took you some time because they're I was and really it's scared at first. It's a, yeah, and it's yeah. important for for I think people to realize that you didn't have this first vision and said, oh yeah, okay, 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 great, I got that vision. Oh, I have this great talent. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. To no. process all of this, and in the beginning, you didn't believe it, right? You you had no. to validate it as you, you had to validate it for yourself, and that's and, scary. Yeah. But so, so just to, just to, just to shore up the ability of what's being said here today, you you don't describe it as something that you came to terms with immediately because it was so clear to you when you first started to receive these messages, what it is you needed to do and what they were about. No, you had to, you had to, yeah. And, and it's almost as if you were on a parallel journey, living a real life and also investigating this sort of phenomenon that's happening, you know, in, in the dark, if you will. Yes. You know, and I kept myself in the closet. I, Mm. I was like, I'm not coming out. You know, there was mental illness in my family. And so I literally thought in the beginning, okay, I am crazy. It's happened. It's happened to me now. And if I open up about this, I won't be loved or accepted. And um, it took a long time. And then I think that last bout of cancer, when I was transported to heaven, that was, that was, I I knew that I had to do it. I knew that I had to share my story, Um, you know, that's in the book, but like I'm doing, you know, um, two or three podcasts or interviews, broadcasts, a month and for me right now that is a big part of like okay you're out there yes you're not yes. Mm-hmm. you're out there and you're vulnerable you're you mm-hmm. know there's a lot of different types of viewers out there mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. some that are like you're a demon <laughs> there's mm-hmm. others that are like you know uh, well it could have been anybody in a white robe i mean there's lots of saints out there with white robes you know there's there's all these kinds of comments but i will say out of like, you know, 700 comments, there'll be two that are like that. On the most part, people are coming out. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that. This happened to me. I had a vision with Jesus or, you know, and it's it's incredible. Even, mm-hmm. on, even on shows that are not about that, they're just about a near-death experience and they want it to be more like geared towards uh, like, universe stuff and new age which you know great but i've been on a couple where it's been about that you know just the experience that i had with jesus and it's amazing how many people come out and say what they're feeling and what they've experienced it's incredible i've just been nothing but blessed by you know coming out with the show i mean a little bit i was like okay this isn't about entertainment i don't know if it's gonna be (laughs) you know what what you need for your show and your audience but i i hope that it i hope that it reaches someone even if it's just one person Mm -hmm. where they open their heart and know that it's just be still be still and you know and and faithful have faith (laughs) right it's uh it's really a good reminder uh, to have faith. It's so easy to lose uh, touch with faith. Yes. Uh, and Just open and- your heart. Open your heart like before you go to sleep and when you wake up, you just say, 
God, I just invite your unconditional love inside of my heart. Mm -hmm. Everything I say today, every person I come into contact with, every action that I take, everything I look at, please help me to hear your, your message, your will, not my own, because it's real easy to get caught up into our own thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, I think that's what it is. It's really important to forfeit your day up to that source of love that is for you forfeit mm -hmm. it, you know, don't, don't just sit there thinking all the things, you know, uh, 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 and then yeah. you're manifesting that, right? Yeah, you're thinking right. that, well, then you're manifesting, manifesting. that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And I think it's important. And, and I think you say this so beautifully is that everything that happens, if we can take a step back and look at the lesson, what's the lesson? What is here for my highest and greatest good? How am I going to benefit? from this person, no matter how negative it may seem, what is the gift you're giving me? Mm -hmm. So even cancer can be a gift. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's that negative person that is around you. Now, one thing, there is growth there. There's growth there. And there's something that's telling you, um, why are you engaged in this relationship in the first place? and what love can you bestow upon this person but it may be a healthy boundary where you choose to love this person from a distance forgive this person from a distance if you cannot forgive that person at all ask god to help you uh, to let that person go and when i say this i i want to be clear that if somebody is in a domestic abuse relationship or something like that i'm not saying to continue to be forgiving and to to continue with unconditional love when there's something that is you know inappropriate that's happening i'm saying you know it's it's almost like there's there's a lesson to be learned from all of it even horrible things but mm -hmm. there are times that we have to uh, make a healthy boundary and and, right. and leave and survive as we did with me and my mom. I mean, there, I'm a big advocate for, you know, we need a safe, safe spot, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, there's growth and then there's safety. So there's, right. well, yeah. Right. And that you can know? be part of the lesson too, is it's knowing your worth in setting those boundaries. Right. And we, right. that's a lesson that sometimes is a hard one. And I'm going to say, I think, especially for women, it's a hard one to learn and to accept. Right. I think if we're talking about little small things where there's like a dispute with a neighbor or, you know, somebody that, you know, aggravates you in the office or something like that, those things, I believe that there is growth, but that they ultimately have to be, we're not supposed to seek out vengeance or, you know, say, you know, give that person just exactly what they gave you, you know, like right. we, it's really hard to not want to go there because we mm -hmm. do, because we're human, but I, that's one of my things is like, okay, uh, this is not my business to balance this out. This is God's business to balance this out. And so you, you drop it. I just say, I drop that at your feet. I drop it at your feet. Mm. I let go of it. So I don't carry it around. Right. It's my daily, you know, I'm teaching my kids homeschool and I'm going to carry that with me. And she's mm -hmm. sensitive enough to pick it up. What's wrong, mom? No, drop it. I drop it at your feet. Every burden, every suffering, I drop it. Beautifully said. <laughs> it is. It's it's gorgeous. 
Uh, I could ask you a million more questions yes. and, uh, you know, we really didn't even scratch the surface, but it's time that we're, give, we're yes. being given the signal. So I do want to ask you just a couple of more, if, if you don't mind. <gasps> the Bolotified Five. I, I'd love to know what rule you live by, what your golden rule is, what, what the thing you practice every day. I would say it's... Um disciplining the mind and moving to that I am, that I am state of being and affirming the opposite of what the mind continues to tell you when you wake up in the middle of the night and it's all that stress talk and all that stuff. I think that that is the most important thing in life is to, you know, turn it over to um, good and not don't allow that mind to have control over you mm. and love you know love is the the main love thing love is the key love is yeah, the love answer. is the key love the is answer. the answer that's yes. right we need a song for that you gotta <laughs> yes, throw in a song <laughs> <laughs> what change would you like to see in the world today i would really really love to see no more child abuse mm. and uh no more animal abuse. That's something I pray for every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very, very hard one for me. What gets you up every day and get and motivates you every day to be the best that you can be? What, what is your why? My children. Mm. Lyric and Landon. How long have you and Andy been together now? How long have you been married? We have been married 30 years. Okay. But we've been together. I think actually, no, I'm sorry. We'll be married October 10th, 31 years, but we will have been together 40 years, December 18th. If you can imagine. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wait, is I do. I, I, yeah. I can't I think, think of one of you without the other. I mean, you're a package. You're a package. You're a, you come together. <laughs> it's it's sort been, of the way I, I've always thought of my parents. You know, they always they just one. Oh, they come together, right? They come together. That's right. How long? How long? Well, have, we did lose my dad last year, yeah. but they were married seventy years, oh, married precious. seventy years, and together precious. seventy-five years. Oh. Yeah. And I can see you and Andy doing that for mm-hmm. sure. I could Absolutely. see you, you making that <laughs> milestone Thank you. for sure. Thank you. Uh, it's just such a pleasure to be in your company and your presence oh. always is. You you do bring the love and the light. And we are so grateful that you yes, spent we're... time with us today. And I'm grateful that you asked me on your beautiful show i just i was so honored i was like so i just i just thank you i thank you You know i just i love you anthony Mm -hmm. it goes right back to you always has and i love you alex (laughs) and your your text to me and i responded to it but it meant more to me than you know yeah it really did your love means more to us than you may know yeah for sure Thank you, my dears. Heaven in my eyes. 
by Kim Savetta. It is available on Amazon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I bought it in the uh, iBooks or uh, iBooks. I bought an iBook of it, and uh, it's so on it's Hay available House. There as well. It's Hay House. Um, it's on, it's on <laughs> all of them, you know, Goodreads and mm-hmm. all It's that. a fascinating read. Uh, pick it up <laughs> and enjoy it. It is. It's fascinating. You're a terrific storyteller and uh, you will enjoy the book as much as you will be fascinated by it, I assure you. Heaven in my eyes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. you Kim Savetta. Mwah. God bless you. Bless you. Bye, baby. <laughs> Hey, thank you for listening to Bellotified. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe. And remember to leave us your questions or comments at bolotta.com backslash podcast. Bellotified is a production of Bellotta Entertainment. Hey, that's a lot of Bellotta. Stay engaging. Stay engaging.